You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. It's five o'clock in the morning. You've just pissed on a dumpster. It's Miller time. Oh, he got hit! Look at the finish The return to glory. We will not be intimidated. We will not back down. Let's go. All right. Welcome back. Drink and think with Dak and Dave. Uh, we're excited that you're here with us. For those of you that are just joining the podcast, it's all beer, life, and sports here with Drink and Think Nation. Uh, just come in, hang out, drink some beers, talk some sports, talk about life. It's what we do here. So thanks for joining us. And this is going to be a fun round. Yeah, we're on the up and up, man. The social media is, uh, got some bangers going right now. We got some funny stuff on there. At least you and I think it's funny and you know, Hey, that's, that's most of the battle. Um, but yeah, so, uh, if you listen to the podcast, but don't follow us on social media, check that out. Um, and you know, tell a buddy and then, you know, give us some chirping and some good content to, uh, maybe share with some other DJs like us. So, um, before we get into the episode, what are you drinking tonight? My good friend? Uh, well, I got a couple things. So, um, as we said on the last episode, uh, I am, so yeah, I'm still in the military stationed in a small post in Kansas uh, where the beer selection, I've about run through the whole thing. So uh, I am oh. now into Breckenridge Brewery, which I've had before, pretty decent. Breckenridge Brewery out there in Colorado. I have their agave wheat, which is a good one. You know, it's not bad, like a three, I think on untapped, I rated it like a 3.75. So decent score, pretty good. I also have uh, an, an interesting one. Uh, which was a sour mm. pineapple lime guava called Mountain Beach. And uh, I had a pretty uh, interesting review for this on Untapped. We have to go check it out. So well, like the, that's like the, the cliffhanger. Like you'll never know unless you go to Dave's Untapped. So it's a session sour. Um, session when you sour. Take, that's weird to me. When you take the first sip, it... It, it is weird. When you take the first sip, it tastes a little bit like booty hole. Like it's just not great. <laughs> You're just like, that's wow. weird. You're like halfway into it. The and all right. Or the no, the beer. beer. Okay. And, and you're halfway into it. And then, okay, it's kind of, it's coming around on me. And then by the end, when you're done, you're just like, yeah, that that wasn't good. Uh, it Lots grows on you a little bit, trough, so. but at the end of the day, it still tastes like ass. So not a good beer, the Mountain Beach, but the agave wheat is good. So there you go. Is that a agave tastes like uh, tequila? It does have agave nectar. It doesn't have, I don't know, it doesn't taste like tequila at all. It tastes no. like a, a normal like wheat. It, I think it's supposed to be like a Mexican like lager type beer um like lime limeish 
don't they don't have any lime, but you can you can get a little bit of the sweetness from the agave in there. So you know, it, I think it's, you're it's pretty good. Uh, I think your peoples from Shinerbach uh, did something like a spinoff kind of like that with some agave, and it was pretty good. Yeah, or maybe that's the. Oh no, I'm thinking of uh, prickly pear. Their prickly pear is a good beer if you haven't had that. So yeah. Um, well, my beer of the week, I'm drinking. <clears throat> I'm drinking a Lake Ann brewery, Lake Ann lager. And uh, this is like the epitome of the light crushable lager that you think of. Um, went into the brewery. Side note on how I got this beer. I don't know if you know or not, but last weekend I played a congressional, oh, congressional country club three times. And it is hands down the nicest golf course I've ever seen, much less played um seen with my own two eyes it was next level amazing i sucked like just massive ass the first day um it wasn't even the course either like it was a me thing so you know i had to go back to the roots i've never had an issue just like having an intuitive swing like i've been able to swing may not always been great but i knew my swing my swing looked like i had played golf six times in my life it was like yeah no joke 10 cup like put the tee behind my ear, put my change in my right pocket. Like I had to, I had to do some deep diving to figure out what the hell was going on. So next day got a little better. Third day we played like the really, really, really nice course uh, of the two that they have. This is more link style. Like there was yeah. no shit, 10 or 15 bunkers per hole, per hole, fairway bunkers that you couldn't see over the top of greens, just sitting on a, a freaking turtle shell with, with sand completely surrounding them. Shot a lot better the third day. Um, still shot a 91, which is not great golf, but I'll take it for that course. And uh, But the little town we were in in D.C. Um, is really nice. Like, we walked down, like, probably a quarter mile to this, like, uh, small town on the outskirts of D.C. And they just had a little brewery sitting there. And, like, you walked into, like, this little half-circle village. And on the bottom, it was all, like, local – restaurants local you know brewery like a pretzel shop all kinds of cool little knickknacks and then on top it was all uh, apartments and then right in the smack of the middle of all of that was lake ann and uh so we went into the brewery you know naturally i had a had a couple drinks there grabbed a four pack to go and uh you know of course grabbed my sticker and uh there you go naturally not gonna leave the brewery without something that says lager on it and it did not disappoint. So Lake Ann Lager, big shout out to Lake Ann Brewery. Um, it was a hell of a time. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, the I don't have a, a good golf course story like that, but I can only imagine because you have a caddy, right, while you're doing the whole uh, good thing. Like your caddy on day one is just like ripping lawn darts, just like, dude, this is just another fat, white, pretentious asshole that's coming out here that pretends they can golf and uh hope it sounds like you redeemed yourself on the third day yeah i i t you i told the the guy i was with i was like hey you ready to take my sweatshirt off and let them really know that i don't belong with these two sleeve tattoos and this beard of mine so um but yes my caddy on the first day it's it's a one caddy per foursome if you you know you're we were both in uh two groups of two in the cart but yeah, the caddy kind of walks or, you know, if you're a walker, he'll carry your bags and do the whole thing. And uh, the caddy we had on the first day was on the Sierra Leone. He's 
Sierra Leone's most famous professional golfer of all time. And I don't know how many golfers Sierra Leone, Sierra Leone is kicking out, but this dude knew golf. And I like, he, he's got a Wikipedia page. I was like, well, shit, that's more than I've got brother. Yeah. And uh, you could tell like he would, he would point and he's like, Hey, here's your read. Just hit the ball right there. 80%. And dudes were draining 20 foot putts. And I was like, man, that's crazy. But yeah, I mean, I had a caddy. I, I was living above my means, brother. It was, it was bananas. So that's, that's pretty sweet. All right. Well, how about we get into some uh, recap of last week? Living and above their means. Let's talk about Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, so we, we get a little prelude to this at the end of last episode. Uh, didn't give it maybe as much time as we should have. And the story keeps devolving for poor old Tom Brady. Uh, if you've been with us for a couple weeks, I think three or four weeks ago, we talked about how professional athletes just don't seem to know when to go out on top. And maybe that's just a human thing. Maybe it's not just limited professional athletes, but they for damn sure can't figure it out. And Tom Brady uh, seems to be lumped into that group. And then it's just been hit after hit. You got him comparing himself to going on deployment is like going into football season and he gets murdered on social media for that. We, we did not, we did not give that the attention it deserved from two army dudes, you know, like I don't let little things bother me. I try not to anyway. And this really didn't like get under my skin. Cause I truly believe he has no like concept of reality anymore. Yeah. But let me tell you, I didn't have a personal masseuse. Uh, I, you know, I didn't have the food you had and, you know, like jokes on you. I came back to my wife. So there you go. And damn sure wasn't getting the paycheck. So yeah, yeah I agree. I, I'm, I'm, I was much more measured in this and just kind of laughed it off as this is just another rich person that's just completely out of touch with reality. There are, and for those that don't know, there are, you know, we have Karens and snowflakes all sprinkled all in every different uh, uh, facet of society. And that includes the military. And there were plenty of uh, snowflakes that were all up in arms about this and how we should cancel Tom Brady. Chill out, boys. Uh, you know, it, it's not that serious. It's just another guy just looking like an idiot. Those are the same dudes, though, a month ago. They were like, I hate cancel culture. You can't cancel me. I'm entitled to my opinion. And then when, when it's something about you, feelings get crushed real easily. Yeah, that so, deployment yes. to Kuwait doesn't count either, so that's, don't worry that's about right. it. Yeah, you actually probably were living like Tom Brady and Ali Asalim or something over there, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, but wife, no wife, check, no check. The Bucks look like dog shit. And there's, it's just, it's, it's uh, not even close to what we saw two years ago or even last year. Yeah. The, there was an interesting bit that um, a former Jets, uh, offensive lineman did, uh, I think for a barstool sports thing. And they were asking him about what they thought about how Brady was interacting with his offensive line and with his team and stuff like that. And from a professional standpoint, who's been there and done that, like, how did he feel about that? And he said, you know, there's been a lot of stuff where Brady doesn't like, he doesn't travel with the team. Like he travels on his own sometimes. 
he doesn't show up to like sun to like Saturday walkthroughs. He doesn't show up until Sunday morning. And he, and he's just like, you cannot do that in a professional organization and be successful. You know, I, I may have said this on the podcast before, but I have a lot of like leadership philosophies. You know, we did it a long time and you're still doing it. Um, I try to take on no leadership roles anymore in my civilian life. Like I am that guy now. It's just like, ah, do whatever, man. I'm just here to hang out. But you know, I, I studied that. That was a huge part of our life. And, and I've got a lot of philosophies on it, but at the end of the day, I like to boil it down. Like if you have three seconds on the elevator with me and I'm going to tell you like, Hey, how can you improve your organization? How can you do better as a leader? It boils down to these three things. Lead by example, always do what's right. And don't be a douchebag. And I feel like Tom Brady is breaking a few of those principles, right? Like, hey, the way he treated his line, that's got to be a, a criticism sandwich. Hey, you guys, hey, we can win this game. We're not over. This season's not tanked. But you guys are sucking ass right now. And here's why. Then I slam my Microsoft Pro or whatever the hell Surface Pro he has. And then I say, but it's okay because we're a team, right? You build them up, tell them where there's shit in the bed. Build them back up because we're a team. You can't just shit on somebody and be like, you know what? He's right. I do suck. Now I'm going to go stick my neck out for this guy the next play. Doesn't work like that, Tommy boy. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have a level of rapport and uh, a level of personal respect. And I think everyone respects Tom Brady probably professionally, like the work that he's done, the, the competitor. things that he's achieved. But that you know, and in the military, you know, there's, that's the difference between like respecting the rank versus respect, respecting the person, right? Yeah. People respect Tom Brady's rank. They understand all of the stuff he's done. They understand, they see his rings, but it doesn't mean that he can just lead based on that. You got to also be able to respect the person. And if they don't do that, you know, maybe I'm not diving for that block or maybe I'm not going all out and making sure I save his ass on this play. And when it comes down to it, why would you? Yeah, I didn't know about the like not flying with the team thing like that. That would if I were the offensive lineman like that wouldn't be kosher with me. Like we we bleed together. We, you know, we sweat together. You know, I, I think of like semi-pro or you know like lower level hockey teams where they're like the piss hole in the back of the bus kind of thing yeah. like no we all piss in the same hole like that's that's the team camaraderie there like no you don't get your own private jet dickhead so but yeah, yeah i think i think we've uh beat a dead horse here tom brady I, I you know he's not gonna go out on the bottom like this and i mean he even came out and he said like i don't have a retirement in my future like so he's not going anywhere but he better he better do something. I actually had this thought the other day. Maybe it's just a midlife crisis. You know, a lot of people have those. They're just not televised as much as Tom Brady. Maybe he's like really going through some shit. I just think Tom Brady is a he's approaching. And I put a post out about this. Tom Brady is approaching Uncle Rico from <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite and at a very alarming rate because, you know, you, you've got this guy who just he kind of just talks, reflects on the past. And this is why you should believe me. Everything revolves around football. Uh, Tom's not living out of his van, and but he could probably chuck the ball over them mountains over there. So I think Tom Brady is synonymous with Uncle Rico at this point. I was proud of you for that post. I thought that was funny as hell. So yeah, that was, was a good one. 
Okay, where are we going now? What else happened uh, last week? I, admittedly so, I did not watch as much football as I usually do or like to. I was living the high life playing golf, so, you know. Yeah, so I think one thing that we've talked about a couple times on this podcast is how um, teams get fined for storming the field, right? So you've seen it happen to Tennessee. You've seen it happen to, to LSU now twice so they've gotten they went from a $100,000 penalty now a $250,000 penalty for strumming the field because it's happened more than once and we've talked about how ridiculous that is and how the NCAA and the and uh you know the conferences are ridiculous for this but here's one thing I didn't appreciate and you know Clemson fans you might want to close your ears. oh yeah Clemson storms the field every single week you, every you know, single week, every home game that they win. Yes. And you know, you know what they call it? It's like sitting on the rock meeting at the like Paul that. meeting at the Paul and like whoever created this loophole, like whatever lawyer that was just big shit, shit eating grin. You know, he's just like, man, this is a good one because they meet at the Paul after the game to celebrate the win. It just so happens to be right after a big home win. It's the same thing, but I agree. I think it's a crock of shit. Like I, I, I've never not liked. Like I'd not a. I've always been kind of on the fence about Dabo Sweeney, but that just pisses me off to no end because all these teams get fined because they do it. But if you look at the picture of LSU storming the field after beating Ole Miss, and the picture of Clemson meeting at the Paw for barely winning a game in which they were over a touchdown favorite barely they beat the shit out of Ole Miss no no no. LSU did I'm saying Clemson oh oh tracking tracking gotcha Clemson barely won that and then they meet at the paw it's the same thing it's hey 50,000 students on the field hey don't hate the player hate the game I don't think that's a Dabo thing if you or I were coaches in the same scenario and they're like hey Dabo found the loophole. Just say this, and you can storm the field whenever the hell you want. It's like, oh hell yeah, let's go. I think yeah. that's a thing the conferences need to clean up, not the coach or the school. I would do the same thing. Yeah, but I'm um, also more conservative with things like that. Like I said, maybe it was last week. I was like, hey, how are you going to stop? You know, fifty thousand people. Like that's that's not the school's fault. You're not going to stop that. That is one dude that's like drunk decks like dave we're doing this hell yeah, yeah we are and then it's done you cannot stop that no amount of police officers on the sidelines is going to stop a team or a, a fan base from rushing the field so it's going to cost you a hundred thousand or two hundred fifty thousand dollars to the school i think that part's asinine so like i said i enjoy that as a spectator i'm all about it i understand the you know the potential repercussions like ripping down goalposts okay that's a little much but the storm in the field thing kind of gets under my skin at baseline. Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to do it, then do it for everybody. And guess what? Clemson meeting at the paw is storming the fucking field. So yeah, if you're looking to go it. to college or, you know, you're transferring and you're a, 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 a dude that likes to hop the fence and rush the field, maybe Clemson's your, your bag here. Yeah. All right, so before we get into kind of last week's college football realm, it just something I've been thinking about, and I've thought about this for years, and it always holds true, is the SEC 
honestly, specifically the SEC West, always beats the shit out of each other to the point where historically just Alabama survives and sometimes, you know, not even them, but we always beat each other. So you look at, let's take Arkansas, for example. Right now, Arkansas's strongest win is probably South Carolina, who we thought was complete ass, who is now five and two. Okay, Arkansas lost to A&M, who, who potentially is, complete is, ass. is a dumpster fire, who is struggling to make a bowl game at this point. Yep. Um, and then you've got Mississippi State, who beat Alab- or, uh, who beat Arkansas pretty handily. We did not look very good, who just last week got the brakes blown off of them by Alabama, who we also thought was not a traditional Alabama team that didn't look good. So it's just like, geez, freaking merry-go-round and around and around. We just beat each other up. And it, it, is it, you know, I'd like to think that it holds true that it's just a lot of really good teams. But one, I think it speaks that it's really hard in the in the college football world to be consistent because you don't have a roster full of professional talent. And when you lose a key player at a spot due to an injury, the the gap between one and two may be drastic. And it could change a whole dynamic of a football team. And so, we, you know, you see that every year in the SEC. And so, I don't know, something on my mind. No, I, I totally agree. And, um, you know, and, and it really is a game of inches, right? Because right. if you rewind the tape uh, and let's say, you know, A&M is – one play from the two yard line to beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa and they don't get it done. And then the next week they fall to a team that has never beat them in its entire history. Yeah. If, and then now there's a lot of, there's some like outside rumors saying that there's some, a lot of struggle within the team and, and yada, 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 very young team defense is just is defense is really good, but the offense cannot put anything together. But if they beat Alabama, if they make that one play and make it happen, you know, that's a totally different – saying the same thing with Arkansas, right? They have a final kick against A&M that goes yep. off the literal top of the goalpost. And, you know, and since then they've had some good wins. BYU was a good win also for y'all, but now BYU's – Struggling. Just lost to Liberty, and we play them right. next week. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's a it's a complete shit show across the conference, and I start to wonder how much maturity plays a role, and how much the NIL plays a role, and how much the transfer portal plays a role. Right? You don't have maturity in teams. Texas A&M is a perfect example. You you have the you have a school that that is in the SEC West. You. You have the coach that's getting paid 90 plus million dollars. You have the number one recruiting class in the country. Everything screams you should be beating the brakes off of teams week after week. Why not? Is it a maturity thing? Is it, well, if I came here because of this, but if I don't like it, I can tuck tail and haul ass to the Pac 12 or, you know, across the country to another school. I, I definitely think it plays a huge role. You don't have these guys that now have to compete within a school, within a system, within an offense or a defense for a role where, you know, I, I was the backup quarterback for three years, busting my ass trying to get the, the QB one slot. Now it's my time. I'm about to make stuff happen. If I don't get it done, I'll just uh, leave Auburn and go to Oregon. 
you know? And I think that yeah. those small things like completely can change the dynamic of a, of a team. Yeah, for sure. And then, and from a unit, like you said, from a team cohesion standpoint, you got to wonder, are my teammates really in, you know, and then we can go into like the bowl, the bowl game, you know, uh, electing yeah, not now. to play in a yep. bowl game, yep. which I am not, I am not against, especially for a lot of the smaller bowls. I'm totally fine with that. But recently last week, Oklahoma state, one of their best defensive linemen says that he is stepping away from the game to prepare for the NFL draft. Are you and shitting it, me? Oh, no, I missed I'm that. Yeah, I'm serious. And he's one of their, he's one of their best defensive linemen. And like, that's just been, that is just outside of my mind and my comprehension because it's not like Oklahoma state is like three and four and they've got no chance. And he's like, you know what? There's really no reason for me. I'm, we're not going to make a bowl game. I don't want to get injured. I would understand that Oklahoma state might play in the big 12 championship and still has a, play, a chance to go to the college football playoff. And yeah. you're going to take a step away now. It's it's uh. I like to think that I'm a big enough boy to see both sides of the coin. And I try to always like, I, I tend to find myself right in the middle. Right. If I were in those shoes and I had no money, I had, you know, my family didn't come up wealthy, totally can understand. Hey, I played five games. I proved myself. I just have to show up at the combine. I'll get drafted. And now I'll make millions. Totally understand that. I don't, I don't fault the player. I, I fault the system. Right. I think there has to be a left and a right limit that says that's not okay. That I think it ruins college football if you allow that. So here's my thing you allow them to just go straight to the, the draft. Cool. Whatever. You think you're the man, go play. I don't care. You, you know, do your thing. But to, to bounce after five games, that it completely undermines, the, you know, the integrity and the foundation of what college football is supposed to be. Again, don't fault the kid. Uh, if someone was like, you know, somebody's whispering in my ear, hey, man, take a take a seat right now. We're coming for you in this draft, and you're going to be making $10 million a year. I'd be a fool not to consider that, you know? Right. Now, me, who I am, and it's easy to say this behind a microphone, I don't care what kind of money is on the line going into – the next draft I'm playing in the bowl game with my team. Cause that's, that's who I am. That kind of stuff, you know, that legacy means a lot more to me, but it's easy to say that here when, you know, an agent's not flapping 10 mil in your face. So I think it's a system problem, not a player problem. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I do like to support the the player on this one, but I can, again, I can understand sitting out bowl games. I cannot understand dropping out mid season when your team is, when your, your team has a, a good chance to win the big 12 for the first time in a long time. And you're going to take a step back. And I just, it's 2022 man money. Like, well, this isn't a 2022 thing. It's money talks. Like what is the incentivization behind it? And it's always money. Um, you know, the, the days of well, I'm doing this for pride and, and, you know, for me and mine, those are gone. Yeah. Well, let's get into some reaction to what happened uh, last week in college football. So we had a couple big games. 
one that we definitely called wrong, and that was the we go. Ole Miss LSU game. So uh, talk about a team. You know, we talked about the SEC beating each other up, or SEC West especially beating each other up. And you got LSU that loses atrociously, two terrible losses going out the gate, but seem to be peaking at the right time to maybe have a run at things going down the stretch. Like, uh, what was the Kelly quote from last week? Like, I, I thought it was a great quote. I, I really appreciate it, but I also thought it was a little laughable. He was like, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not quoting this word for word, so uh, bear with me. But he was like, pretender teams play in October and contender teams play in November or some shit like that. And I was like, uh, yeah. hey, it's uh, still it's October, October coach. Yeah, but I appreciate that. Now, I – LSU's peaking at the right time. They are absolutely peaking at the right time. Um, I definitely called this wrong. This, and you know, we've talked about how I kind of, I kind of uh, tailcoat Kiffin here. I like to see Kiffin do good. I like that high power offense. Super surprised that this was an offensive issue here, and they did not put up the points to hang with them. <clears throat> did not see like a forty-five twenty-something game coming out of this. So much, in fact, that it cost me 90 beer with three different 30-rack bets on this game that I have to now shell out because I, you know, we took the money line bet and I was I was full tilt freaking old miss and I'm gonna I'm gonna eat those Miller lots. Yeah. Yeah, surprising. And you know, is LSU real? Is Ole Miss, you know, we talked about Ole Miss, they don't have a a, a marquee win. Obviously, LSU does now. Uh you know, what is this going to do for LSU going forward uh, to be to be determined? Um, and another another team that, you know, that we did call right and that, you know, for whatever reason Vegas had wrong was the Texas-Oklahoma State. So Okie State getting a huge win over Texas, uh, Texas being favored by six and a half, and then they lose outright by seven points. Um, and I'm not, we're not sure why the line was there. Uh, I think too much on Quinn Ewers, who looked terrible, absolutely terrible against an Okie State defense that he should have ripped apart. But uh, good on the Cowboys for getting it done there. And, the, you know, like I said, they're, they're keeping the streaks alive. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised by the Minnesota game. I know that you are. Penn State, 45-17. That was a, a, a smackdown. Yeah, Minnesota is not the team. You know, if we went all the way back. You know, I, I was on Minnesota to have a chance in the Big Ten West. Uh, and they don't – they have not done well. Granted, no teams are doing well in the Big Ten West. Uh, I'm not – I'm not sold on Penn State. I am not. Minnesota was not a great team. Uh, Here's another thing that, that that it just gets on my thing. I got on the Clemson thing. Penn State, the wideout. Everyone treats the Penn State wideout like it's this amazing thing. They are seven and six. I guess now eight and six in wideout games, and they've only played three ranked opponents ever when they've done a wideout. So it's not even an old like tradition. That's like goes back to the days. It's been around for like fifteen years. And they barely are above 500 with it. So it looks um, cool. 
and that's all that matters. I guess. Uh, last game we'll hit on before we move on. Uh, did you watch the the Q's Clemson game? Yes. Dude, you know, you know, I have a soft spot for Syracuse. We lived up there for a really long time. Uh, I'm a big fan of Dino. I I hope he gets that program turned around. It looked like the truth was coming. And then, man, what a heartbreak. Yeah. That game, I was watching it. Uh, I actually watched the end in the like the clubhouse of Congressional Country Club with all these oh, very, wow. very rich individuals that I just knew did not know football. And they were just like running their heads about shit they didn't know. And I was like, man, I can't get beat up by a bunch of rich motherfuckers right now. So I'll keep my mouth shut. But it was uh, – it was a heartbreak. I, I felt that one deep. I know Syracuse, New York felt that one deep and Clemson survives. And this is the, this is the danger, right? Is that everyone knows Clemson is a pretender. They are. DJ looked terrible in that. And this was another thing I wanted to harp on that just pissed me off to no end. But Dabo Sweeney was asked after the game, so DJ gets replaced during the game. Backup comes oh, in yeah. and is able to yeah, get it yeah, done. Yeah. And D and and Dabo after the game says, "Hey, you know, sometimes you know what happened with replacing uh, replacing DJ during the game." And he says, "You know, sometimes Steph Curry even goes two for 26. First off, fact checked. Uh, Steph has never gone two for twenty six, not even close. So get that right. Second off, Steph Curry is a monster DJ, and the greatest shooter of all time." DJ is a mediocre middle of the pack quarterback at fucking best. So don't pretend that this is, you know, this is a god of football that's sitting out there. No, you replaced him because he sucks. He sucked last year. He's decent this year, and he was terrible against Syracuse. Fortunately, your backup got it done. But here's the danger: is that Clemson basically can walk all the way into yeah. the ACC championship game and go undefeated and they'll go into college football playoff and they'll lose by 45 to whoever to else is in there because they are, they're terrible. Like they are not a good football team. I, I don't disagree. And that's where like the, you know, tons of talk about like the pooling and then obviously thank goodness we're going to go to eight. Um, what the hell was that? Oh, is that the the butthole? I drank that beer. Is just it smells like and tastes like booty hole. It's just mm. not good. Just Why not are you good. Because it? it's because well, it's here. Dave it's Dave just, doesn't do testers and Dave doesn't pour out beer. That's right. That's uh, right. Okay. All right. So yes, once we expand college football playoffs, this will take care of a lot. Um, I digress. Moving on to this week, because you said something that triggered my my brain. Uh, mediocre, middle-of-the-pack-ass quarterbacks. That's how you feel about Sean Clifford. So looking forward to college football week nine. We've got a big one. It's a noon kick, but we've got a big one. Ohio State, Penn State. I am pumped for this game. I'm always pumped for this game. What do you see? Yeah, this one is uh, – this is a huge one, right? So – You've got Ohio State favored by 16 uh, at Penn State, over under 61. Uh, so I'll throw out a little stat, couple stats to you. I'll get your thoughts, and then uh, I'll, I'll tell you 
what I think. Uh, Penn State has covered the last eight out of nine games versus the Buckeyes. The last three Ohio State games hit the over, and the last two out of three for Penn State hit the over. Basically, it's a public sharp split. Sharps seem to be favoring Ohio State. Publics on Penn State. So with that in mind, what are your thoughts going into this game? Knee-jerk reaction, just because it's this, these two teams, it is Ohio State and Penn State where one, you know, these guys have uh, contention for their conference, contention for CFP. They're both highly ranked. 16 is a huge number. Knee-jerk reaction, you immediately take Penn State to cover, right? But are the Nittany Lions pretenders? We really don't know yet. Yes, we don't. exactly. Honestly, I mean, Ohio State doesn't have a great stat record to, to show that also, right? Like, they beat the brakes off of everybody they played. But when you're playing Bob's Tire Shop, we expect Ohio State to do that. Right. You know, is Stroud the dude? Um, certainly your favorite yeah, for the Heisman, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's easy to put up 400 points when you were literally playing freaking Arkansas State. So, <clears throat> uh, they played a tight one at Notre Dame. Okay, big whoopty. Um, who else do they have anybody else really? Uh, Michigan State's a joke. They played Rutgers, Wisconsin. Okay, they did beat Wisconsin 52 21. Good on them, and then Toledo. So not saying Ohio State's not the truth this year, but they, they haven't proved it yet. But I would say less so maybe with Penn State. I, I don't know. It's like that gut feeling, like that gestalt, you know, like that something is, is irking that Penn State doesn't have it. And I hope they do. I, you know, I tend to, as, as we've talked, I, I tend to like their coach. I like the program, yada, yada. 16 is a lot of points for um, a what two versus 13. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah two, two versus, versus 13. 13. Okay, that's a lot of points. So my knee-jerk reaction is take the cover, but that's uh, with an asterisk there. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I tend – I'm on the other side. I don't think Penn State is able to – I don't think they're real. Uh, Sean Clifford is an atrocious quarterback when it comes to these big, big events. When it, he's very when it he's comes tough. to football. When it when it comes to like the big games, he tend he throws some really bad picks. Um, now, granted, Ohio State has not. Um, again, they have not played anybody. We thought that the Wisconsin would be a good win, Michigan State would be a good win, Iowa would be a good win, and then all Notre three of those teams are yeah. terrible. Yeah, honestly, and. Their best win is Notre Dame. Their second best win is probably Rutgers, who isn't terrible this year. My bet, I think his safe play is hit the over. I think this game hits the over. I think you'll see both teams get into at least the 30s. uh, And with the two defenses that probably won't put it together. And eventually, Sean Clifford will throw just a back-breaking interception that's like back across his body on the other side of the field when it has no prayer of getting over there. All and right. Ohio State had some big takeaways last week. So I think okay. they easy, easy there, Tony Romo. He's calling the whole game for us uh, a week in advance. Okay, well, a team that 
has shown some promise and does have the stats to back it is Tennessee. They may be the real freaking deal. And they're playing a team that you were high on in Kentucky. Late night game. Uh, Wildcaps coming off a bye. So that's definitely helpful. But Tennessee's favorite 12 and a half over under 63. Tell me your thoughts. This was a, this is a real dichotomy of a game. You have Tennessee who is ranked almost dead last in college football in the FBS for time of possession. Kentucky almost number one, top 10 for time of possession. Tennessee is in the top 10 for number of plays they run a game. Kentucky is in the bottom college football for the number of plays they run. Completely different systems. I like it. You have uh, obviously, it's in Knoxville, which I think gives us a huge edge. Uh, it's a night game in Knoxville after they just, obviously, basically last week was a bye, so it's it's recovering from the Alabama game. I think, it, in my in my opinion, I think Tennessee takes this because they are going to run that Kentucky defense into the ground. The Kentucky defense, who is not used to playing this level of up-tempo, it'll be very close. Maybe you even take Kentucky first line, uh, first half line. Maybe Kentucky's able to keep it close. We know Tennessee's defense, they are they definitely have some holes. But uh, I think Tennessee, in the end, is able to get it done. 12 and a half, do they do it by two, by two touchdowns? That's, that's a tough call for me. Um, and then, you know, I think I'm leaning Tennessee covers here. I, I, I struggle with Kentucky being able to get it done. And Tennessee is wearing their black uniforms, which uh, look pretty sick. So, I think, to me, it's a, a tale of the defenses here. Who is going to step up and do their job better as a defense? So, like you pointed out, Tennessee's going to score at like eight seconds. They, they don't hold the ball long. They are long and they score fast, right? Now, so you score fast. The the Kentucky defense, not really worn out. You give the ball right back to Kentucky. Kentucky's going to take their sweet time to score. So the Tennessee defense may see some more playing time that maybe they're not used to. So which defense can get a stop and flip the script for what that defense is used to seeing or, you know, put the hands back into the offense's hands when they're not used to that style of play. So, you know, get get the offense off tempo, slow Tennessee down, or, you know, have to wear down the Kentucky offense one way or the other. I'm going to put the, the game in the defense's hands here. Somebody will step up and kind of change the tempo. It's all about tempo. You, I mean, you pointed out, pointed out right off the bat, whose tempo will get changed and throw off their yeah. game. Um I think that's going to be the thing to watch for this game, but I think it's going to, it's going to be a banger. Um, 12 and a half is a lot against the Kentucky team, but Tennessee, I mean, they have shown it week after week. They look like the truth. So um, I probably will stay away from that over under. I've said this before 63 um, a little high for me. Yeah. I think I would just, I think I'll just mire this one from, from the couch. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a tough one to call, and I agree. You know, if Kentucky can get a lot of sustained drives and get it done, then they may be able to throw off Hooker and, and Tennessee. 
But at the same time, if Tennessee goes up early and they're up 17 points, Kentucky's going to have to get away from that methodical drive and they're going to have to do something that they're not designed to do, which is which will hurt them. So yeah. it's can Kentucky hold on long enough to wear down Tennessee? And uh, yeah, that's a that's definitely going to be a tough one. All right, last game of the week for college football. We have great ones in college football, and surprise, surprise, we have dog shit ones in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> but last game of the week for this one is Ohio, or excuse me, Okie State at Kansas State. Kansas State favored by a point. This is a 3 p.m. kick. Over under is 56. What are your thoughts? Well, we've got a quarterback who we don't know the status of going into this weekend. Um, Okie Stakes getting it done. I've been high on them all season. They're just coming off of a huge win last week. Minus one to that is, uh, is a little interesting to me. Um, do you know where the money is before I go any further and, and run my, my mouth? Yes. So um, sharp play is on Kansas State, but the public from a ticket standpoint is on the Cowboys. So sure, the okay. money definitely on Kansas State side, I think about like 59, 60% to 40%, but the tickets are over 60% for the Cowboys. Okay. All right. Well, I'll tell you this fun uh, gambling stat. Okie State has covered each of its last nine games in October when they're not favored. Now, that's one of those stats where you're like, you're pulling real deep into the hole to convince yourself on a bet, but that's what we do. If I yeah. had the stats to, to support it, full send, baby. And, yeah, that, that one's off the edge there, but nine in a row. I like that number, and we love to bet trends here. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Okie State here. I think they're the better team. I'm going to ride out the mullet till it dies. Um, I think Okie State will be in the Big 12 Conference Championship. And at least, uh, at least I'm pulling for him. So we'll see. Yeah, I think that's, I think that is a safe play. I know that the sharps are on Kansas state, but we don't know if Adrian Martinez is going to be there. And then if he is there, what is he going to look like? Is he going to be able to get it done? Um, if he is there and you're not convinced that Okie state can get it done, the easy play is over 56. Yeah. Is I like with, that with the Okie state defense. That's terrible. Kansas state has, does have a pretty good defense. Okie State's defense is just atrocious, uh, but they have a really high high-powered offense. I think uh, this one goes over fifty-six. I think this one will get close to seventy points, easy in this game combined. So uh, if if Adrian Martinez is in there, if he's not, then it's going to the backup, actually the third stringer. So that could be a huge deal. Yep. Okay. Uh, before we move to the NFL, are we are we drinking another beer yet? Do we have anything else to talk about? Or are you kind of tapped out? So I got another one I can chat about here that I just cracked. You can talk about it. I'm still trying to make my way through this butthole. Beer. Yes, beer. Got it. Okay. I now have, I'm going to go back to Lake Ann Brew House here. I have what's called the Twisted Sister Pretzel, pretzel Ale. And, uh, may sound a little odd based off the name, but it doesn't taste like pretzels at all. Uh, I wish, I wish the audience could see Dave's hand gestures here, but yeah. um, it's actually, I mean, you know, what's in beer 
and it's fermentable sugars. Any kind of thing you can throw in that yeast will gobble up will they'll shit out alcohol. You know, I mean, I've made a fruity pebble beer before it ferments, um, but they take pretzels. They take 45 pounds per their two barrel system. So they take 45 pounds of pretzels every time they make this beer from like a two door down pretzel house. That's in this little area I was talking about. And they put it in the mash and then make their beer with the homemade, like gorgeous looking pretzels, which were also really good with some beer cheese. Um, but this, this beer was like unexpectedly light and crushable, but it had pretzels in it, which I just thought was cool. So wanted that to chat cool. about it. Yeah. Does it taste like salty at all? You get a little it, salt it, in there? It does. The it absolutely does. And it's not like, um, not like a Mexican lager where it's like, I'm intentionally putting salt on the rim or something like that. Right. It's just like this very subtle, like, salt right on the nose and then you and it goes down clean and it it doesn't really linger on the palate um but yeah you can get that get that salt and like the uh retro retro nasal you know like when you kind of like breathe it in kind of thing it's there but yeah super cool beer i'm all about a story and um when you when you throw in 45 pounds of perfectly good pretzels so that i could drink it i'm all about it yeah we drink our carbs on this show that's right. If anyone was concerned. Yeah. So let's take it to the NFL and specifically quarterbacks. Cause there's a ton of quarterback controversy going on. I mean, teams all across the league are, you know, mixing up with second, third stringers. It's, it's bananas. So, you know, what are you seeing? What do you think? Yeah, you got really, I mean, you got five, six, seven teams out there that look like they're either starting a backup or they are rotating a backup in uh, to cover for an injury. And then now you have a question on who should play. And then you just got straight up backups that are just taken over because the the starter is sucking. So it's a, it's a wild thing. And I think a lot of the names of who has been struggling is kind of surprising to us. Yeah. So let's start, I mean, Carolina specifically like PJ Walker, uh, you know, that's not necessarily a, a talent thing. Uh, you know, a lot of people <laughs> Might think it is, but, you know, P.J. Walker played, looked good, um, got a win in a team that really needed a win. Um, who, el- who else? Yeah, I mean, you have in the Colts. I mean, you have Matt Ryan. Oh, yeah, no gonna joke. Sit and they're, you know, they're saying, is this related to an injury? There's some people that are saying there are. Some people that are saying there aren't. But then you've got the journeyman and Sam Ellinger that's going to be starting, and that is never – an option that you typically go to unless you're in dire straits. I mean, I don't think Sam Ellinger has ever been played except in the event of the starter being injured. Yeah. I mean, Matt Ryan is, uh, you know, playing this, playing the Super Bowl. you know, probably damn near a household name. He's been in the league a long time. He's got some great stats, great wins under his belt. And they're like, all right, come on, Sam, you're up. Yeah, and then you've got in you've got obviously we already talked the Patriots a little bit. You've got Zappy and uh, him basically coming in and taking over uh, when you thought that okay Max Jones is going to come back now that he's healthy he's going to take the job back over and that straight up just didn't happen. Yeah, so um, a good buddy of mine was at that Pats game and 
I was like, dude, that's so cool. Like y'all are crushing it. I wish I was there with you. And he's like, yeah, except we're getting our ass beat. And I was like, oh, you need to put Zappy in. And then I kid you not, like two minutes later, he sent me a video of the entire crowd chanting Zappy. And then mm -hmm. right after that, no joke, he came in. And then right after that, it went like three for three, like 60 yards or something, got a touchdown. And it was like, holy crap, this dude's the truth. Now he played a good, you know, half. And then towards the end of the game, kind of got sloppy. So true quarterback controversy, you've got – Mac Jones, who they thought was the next TB12, not really looking the, you know, the truth right now. You got this no-name dude coming in, making things happen, but maybe not. So where do you go from here? If you're Bill Belichick, which, side note, gets on my nerves watching Belichick with the media, tangent within a story like – you make so much money. You get to coach football. You have a great life. These dudes on the other side of the, the rope here are just trying to do their job. Like, just be kind to humans. That just pisses me off. Like, I, I know it gets annoying, but it's just like his one-worders just infuriate me. But if you're Belichick who, you know, Zappy had some wheels the other day, but that's not a Belichick team. That's not a Belichick offense. So where do you go from here? The good thing for the Patriots is that's typically your that's if there was one team in that that merry-go-round that we talked about that uh, is not going to cave to one specific athlete's demands and desires unless that athlete is named Tom Brady, it's probably the Patriots. So if you know, Mac Jones wants to come in and try to be you know the big boss and you know you need to play me more. I don't think that's going to fly. I think Zappy probably plays the plays as long until he starts losing games for them. Uh, he came in, in, in a bad situation against uh, Chicago. Granted, they, he took the lead with them and then they eventually lost it, but they were never going to be able to win that game. So I think Zappy's going to play until he starts losing games for them, much like you saw in the Dallas scenario where uh, Coop Rush played games and then lost against the Eagles, looked really out of sorts, and then it was very easy to go back to Dak. So do you think Zappy gets to start next week? Yes, I do. All right. I think I think Mac is there, and I, I tend to fall back just like Dak. Now, Dak and Mac Jones are two different stories. So, you know, both are supposed to be the franchise guy, but Dak's got a little more story under his under his belt there. But I think you tend to ride the wave of who am I falling back on my franchise quarterback versus who's got the hot hand. Now, as a coach, I think you really have to, you cannot switch quarterbacks week after week because they are, you know, playing a little better. You, you have to stick with one. You have to ride it out. So For I sure. think, I think, uh, and, and then going into the, into the week, um, they said both quarterbacks will be played now, you know, hindsight 2020, Bill Belichick can say whatever the hell he wants to in the press conference afterwards. We'll never know. But I think Mac Jones continues to be their their quarterback. But uh, Zappy's fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, you know, it comes down to it. If you're the Patriots, uh, you're struggling. You're looking forward and you're saying, man, we really have to, like you said, we need to pick somebody and we need to stick with it. And how are we going to do that and make playoffs and i think the time crunch is going to start churning in the back of 
the Patriot front office mind and saying, let's just go with who's able to win. And we pretty sure it's Zappy right now. That's at least that's my vote. But, uh, you know, they've got a lot of money uh, stocked up in Mac Jones. So maybe that has a lot to do with it. I definitely think it does. So, yeah, we'll see uh, this Sunday. Yeah. All right. So moving to the NFL. Yes, sir. Uh, we got a shit slate. Let's go. I mean, this is just, it's the song that never ends, right? Uh, this week, there is one team, or excuse me, one matchup where both teams are above 500. How is that possible? And that matchup is the New York Giants at the Seattle. At Seattle. <laughs> it's not yes. Buffalo at Green Bay. It's not the Ravens at Tampa Bay. No. It's New York Giants at Seattle, which is really going to be your game of the week, which is bananas. It's gonna and it's gonna be sloppy as hell. I like watching the New York Giants. I love their coach. I think he is a, just a dude, and I hope all the best for him. Um, and then they are not a high-powered, flashy team, but they are getting it done. The state of New York right now is is on a high. The Jets are not defeated they're not you know oh and something right the giants look really good oh danny wheels is running his ass off uh and then you've got the bills who are just crushing everything so yeah props to the state of new york right now but um i like watching i like watching the giants i'm a big geno smith fan it's going to be a sloppy game but hey they both have a winning record, so I think uh, we have to tune in uh, a little obligatory watch. So, yeah, um, this one's again another one that's tough to call. Seattle's three and four uh, in their, or excuse me, has covered three out of four last games at home, but the Giants are three and zero away from home. Giants getting three at Seattle. Um, DK Metcalf is going to be out for Geno Smith, so we'll see how much that influences the offense. Uh, over-unders at 44. Both teams have done a good job in hitting the over. So I think this one, you, you'd probably be okay taking the over. This is probably going to be somewhere around both teams hitting in the 20s, and I think you'll be okay there. But uh, shocker that both these teams are, the, have, are doing quite well. And what does this say to your boy down there in Denver? So he leaves Seattle. It's just this train wreck. Russell Wilson, how can I operate in an environment like this? And Geno Smith, who has been a failure at every single position he's been at, and now he's doing all right. Failure is a tough word, cuz. He went I mean, straight, for the, straight for the kill shot on Geno Smith. Well, I mean, <clears throat> in his past, he has lost a job because he broke the – he got his jaw broke by getting into a fight in the locker room with his own team. Okay. Failure is a good word for that instance. But, you know, he seems – I mean, maybe maybe he's matured. I don't know. Uh, he's found a way to stick around. And, and you know, um, sometimes you're thrust into that position and it takes you a time or two to wake up. But maybe maybe he is the truth. He's He has looked good so far. It helps, um, you know, typically when you have freaks – like DK, but yeah. uh, 
that may change. So how can, how can Gino respond without that? We'll see. Um, but yeah, we move on to the next game. We, uh, I think historically, you know, at least in the last couple of years, we'd go, man, Green Bay Buffalo, game of the week, no doubt. And then Green Bay is looking like a dumpster fire in itself. Man, just – you got to feel like – I know a lot of people hate Aaron Rodgers. I don't. Like, I think I – res, I respect the hell out of Aaron yeah, Rodgers. Yeah, I, I don't hate him either. He's the kind of guy that just does his own thing. He's, you know, he's not – he is an arrogant – person probably uh but he's a brainiac he's not just some stupid like uh like meathead uh feel bad for the guy just cannot cannot get any kind of help there in green bay and then gosh losing to some absolutely terrible teams including the washington commanders and a backup in uh heineke so First time that Rodgers has ever been a double-digit dog in his entire career, Green Bay Ooh, at Buffalo. I didn't know I that. Think, yeah, I think Buffalo rolls here. I don't like that, though. I don't like the 10-and-a-half. Uh, Buffalo's coming off of a bye week. I think they they definitely win, but 10-and-a-half when he's never been a double-digit underdog, like that spells like hold the phone. Um, def- Buffalo definitely prevails. I mean, they've got the weapons, they've got everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just not a, not exciting game. Like I'm not looking forward to it. Rogers has no one that will catch the ball. Like Romeo Dobbs couldn't catch a cold last week. And so, I mean, he, like I said, he's out there with like little kitties trying to say, you know, here you go. Here's, here's the ball. So it's, it's bad. And the herein lies the problem because uh, I don't think I've ever heard Romeo Dobbs's name. And <laughs> when that's the person that Aaron Rodgers is supposed to rely on to get shit done, it's obviously not going to work out for him. And uh, he's obviously not throwing enough to uh, Lazard because I have him on a couple of my fantasy leagues as like this like Hail Mary of someone please give me some level of production and it just hasn't worked. Hold on. What was let me pull this up real quick. Uh yes. How's that fantasy going for you, Dave, in our dynasty league? What is that? Well, Dave, I need some TDs. One, yep, that says do, one and six. One and six. To be fair, I do need some TDs. So yeah. um now, mm. yeah. Uh Hold on. not me- a not a great not this a, is a great league for me. This, this is a dynasty league, too. You may be figgity fucked, my friend. Hey, hold on. Let me scroll down a little bit more. Oh, half sack Dak. Have you seen his record lately? What, like three oh and four? Oh, my goodness. He's seven and oh. You're what? not seven and oh. You're out of your mind if you're pull seven it up, and bitch. Seven and oh. Only one in the league. Followed by Big Rich, who's six and one. But you you can't see the stats. Those are like blocked out to one and sixers like yourself. You can't catch a win. To be fair, this is like one of my four leagues that I'm in, and I'm doing well in none of them. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tied my I so here's here's the here's the here's the story. So I tied my horse to a couple players that I, I needed to, to do really well. 
And I, I really to two franchises. I thought that Cam Akers would do really well in the Rams because he did really well last year and he was absolutely atrocious and now he's getting traded. So that was my number one pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Herbert was my quarter is my quarterback. He's been like, like, okay, definitely not good. And it, other than that, it's just your normal, just wrecked with injuries. I got Rex Burkhead as one of my starting running backs. If that gives you any idea of how bad my team is injury wise. So thanks for rubbing that in. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Oh, Dax, Dax over here rocking uh, Josh Allen, Cooper Cup, Gabe Davis. Um, what a pickup in Gabe Davis, by the way, because yep. that was not something that I'm sure you didn't pick him up till probably at least the seventh or eighth round. Yeah, probably not. Um, he may have been hired just because half my team are the Bills. Um, Aaron Jones, who's, you know, iffy, but putting up some big numbers. And then. Josh freaking Jacobs, who is just flexing on everybody and their mother right now. So, yeah, I like my team, 7-0. and Hey, you just – you better not be last in this Dynasty League because the punishments will come swift and they will be public. Well, there's another person that's 1-6, so I think I'm okay. Scratch it. Right. Scratch it and clawing for next to last. Yeah, dynasty. It's a dynasty league. Dave's building. Right. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in building mode. Um. So, looking forward. So, getting back to the NFL, people are wondering. Drinking Think Nation is wondering where should I put my money on this week? And let me tell you what. Old Dave has not done well with the college football bets. Mm, <laughs> not been good. But I have been absolutely murdering it in the NFL bets. So. Last two weeks combined, I am 11 and two in NFL bets. And if you incorporate three weeks combined, it gets up to like I'm at like batting 75%. So doing well in the NFL, doing very poorly in college football, which is why I'm going to go very easy on college football this week. Uh, a bonus this is not my bet of the week, which we'll get into next. Bonus Washington. Going to Indy. Indy is starting Sam Ellinger, as we talked. When you're starting Sam Ellinger, not for an injury reason, there is some bad shit happening in that locker room. Heineke gets it done against Tampa. Washington's starting to feel it a little bit, all right? They're going again against an Indy team that is real bad. Washington getting some points there. I think you can probably throw some money on the commanders, maybe even give them an old money line look, and that will probably be a decent bet. Yeah. Um, at Texas, you know, Sam looked like he was the dude. Like, we're back. Uh, yeah. Like that quote will go on forever and ever and ever. You ain't back, bitch. Yeah. He doesn't seem like the dude that's going to get it done in the NFL. But I mean, on the, on the flip side, like Heineke, who? Like I drink some of those earlier, but um, I I don't know. I, yeah, it's like the battle of the who's trying to be here. I don't disagree with you. I mean, NFC East is is looking up, and and Washington's looking up. So I don't disagree with that. So what is your lock of the week? 
All right. So I've got a couple bets that I'm going to place on here. And if for people that are taking count last week, two and oh, uh, I gave you a bet and then a bonus bet, both of them cash. We, we, uh, uh, we said we were going to give you the stats for this week, but we suck and we have no idea. So next week, so, we're going to tell you our numbers. Did you look it up? I, I went back through mentally and you Just are yours? batting. No, both. Oh, you're okay. batting 500. Shit. I, you're batting 500 only because you lost this week. And that was an absolute cave from Cincinnati. That was a gold pick. Yeah. They were easy winners. They're up. 10 or 11 i think they're up 11 with uh with like eight minutes to play and they end up only winning by two uh yeah, that pissed me off i bad. thought that was a, a lock of all locks there yeah um but anyway so and then if you count both of my picks this week then i came Which up i, I started off zero and three then i came back and so now i'm sitting if you don't count both of them sit at four okay I don't count both of them. Okay. All right. But both bets lock. I did call last week cashed. So You're not like living in Baltimore where you got to double lock your shit. You get one lock. Mm. All right. So I'm going to give you a lock and then I'm going to give you a couple bonus picks that okay. uh, just to, so the people know that I know what I'm talking about at least a little bit. All Break. right. Jags, Broncos. Uh, Jags minus three. That's in London, right? It's in London, which is a home game for the Jaguars. This is a home game. People, this is Vegas never puts this line right. This is a home game for the Jaguars. They have the largest fan base in the UK. Like the people, they have played every single game since we've started this London game. Uh, They played every single season, at least one game in London. They have the largest fan base. Their owner, their new owner is English. So or is British, excuse me, he's British. So the Jags are the easy play here. Plus you've got the Broncos, which are like, is if, I mean, the, the you know, they got Needle Dick Pete that's like starting in quarterback right now. And then if he doesn't start, then they got someone that may be worse. Tiny Dick Timmy. Is also a Super Bowl champ. So uh, will Russell Wilson be able to play? And if he does, is that any better than Tiny Dick Pete? So I don't know. Uh, Jags are looking up, man. I mean, old Sunshine has played a play a little bit of football. So I, I, I like that. I what is it? Three, three to the Jags. Yeah, yeah that's three reasonable. To, three to the Jags. Take the Jags to win. Uh, if you're a little bit concerned about that, you can probably steal. You can probably get a money line right around like minus one fifty. Uh, but I think Jags cover there easy. And then I gave you my yeah. bonus bet with Washington. And I think that's a good one. Yeah. Tell, tell me about your, your actual lock of the week though, because I know you've been, you've been texting me about it. You text the group. You're like public service announcement. You're, you're high on this one and a half spread. Yes. Because that will no, change. I agree. This, this, this number will change. It already has changed from when I told the team, the uh, drink at the, the, the close knit drink and think nation uh, of the OGs. Um, this number is going to change. All right. Ravens at Tampa Bay, Thursday night football. Ravens, they started off, they're only a uh, point and a half. Now they're at up to two points. And, and I, got I think it. it'll probably make it up to two and a half or three. I got it at two and a half. Yeah. It's because everyone knows this is with everything that's going on with Tampa Bay. 
They scored three points last week. Three. Okay. They're no one really knows what's going on. Their defense can't stop anybody. The Ravens, they're not great either, but you got a baller at quarterback. Like, there's no way I think that Tampa is able to pull this out. I know some people are like, oh no, because Tom Brady, he's gonna be back. You see all the drops that happened last week. I just I don't see it happening. Um, I know that the Ravens have some injuries. J.K. Dobbins out, but um, I think the Ravens are the easy play here. And if you don't like that, take the under. Ravens under and Tampa Bay under has hit in each of their five of their last six matchups where they've met. And then the fact that they're playing on Thursday night football means they won't score any fucking touchdowns because that's been the entire season. So that's not a lie. The under is a lock because I think the the total is like at 42 or 43. All right, so your bet of the week, one and a half, Baltimore Ravens. No, my bet of the week is the Jags because – Oh, okay, track Because the Ravens play on Thursday, and I want the I want Drink and Nation to have a chance to get on that action. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Okay. Um, I like the Dolphins this week. I think that Tua back, they looked like a football team again. You have two of the fastest creatures on grass that he's throwing to. They're playing the Lions, which I tend to like the Lions. I think that's like a like a smash mouth football team. Like I like their persona, but it's minus three to the Dolphins. Um, that's a twelve o'clock kick game on Sunday. I like the the minus three to the Dolphins. I think they get that done pretty handily. So lock of the week. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that at all. I think Detroit this last week had a chance against the Cowboys. The, the Cowboys played absolutely terrible. Dak played terrible. Cowboys yeah. defense, as usual, bails them out. I think that breaks the back of Detroit because it was a chance, right, to get back on the map, and then they ended up not getting it done. And then when you look at the scoreboard, they lost by 20. When they were only right. down by – like a field goal or less than one possession with, you know, in the fourth quarter, and then they lose by 20. So I think yeah. I agree. I, I think Miami blows them out. Yeah. Speaking of, of your boys, um, I threw a, uh, threw a few dollars towards the bears to cover. That's nine and a half against the Cowboys. I think that they could cover that um, offense is not looking good. Tony Pollard's a better running back than Zeke. Dak did not look good. Defense is going to have to bail him out. Maybe a low-scoring game. Um, fields looked better this week. Nine and a half is a big number to cover in the NFL, so uh, to win by in the NFL. So I, I liked uh, nine and a half to the Chicago Bears. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind that. I think another one that you may look at is uh, Justin Fields' rushing total. There, uh, the defense is going to get after him. He's going to be out of pocket ass. all yeah. day, yeah. and he is going to have to run for it. And I, the Cowboys traditionally do not do well against mobile quarterbacks, so I think. The fields rushing totals, I've seen it around. He's typically are in the 40s and 50s. So that's a high number for, but they do a lot of quarterback design runs too. So I think you're you're okay there taking that. All right. Well, you have 46 picks from us. So pick one and hope uh you can ride off into the sunset. We'll let you know how we did next week, but you've got our locks official on paper. We each get one, not two. And there you go. 
All right, so Dave's going to give us a safety brief because I think that about wraps us up. Yeah, that, uh, that about wraps it up. And so, you know, typically when we do safety <laughs> briefs, the, you know, we got to dig deep into the folklore of what's going on in the world of sports. And while I'm talking, that is while I am digging deep into the, uh, the absolute, uh, you know, black hole that is my brain box here. Hey, um, let me let me hit you with one then, because we can just say, you know, uh, at my kid's school, it's like dare week. Don't do drugs. And so, you know, drugs are bad. Did you see that um, Brittany Griner starting her like nine year sentence? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a uh, that sucks. Who wants to be locked up in Russia for nine years for a little THC in your vape pen? So don't do drugs or, you know, if you're going to smoke pot, don't bring it through an international airport to a country called Russia. So we're back to that. That was a, a many, many moons ago. We we chatted about that. But there you go. Don't do drugs. And if you do, I guess, be smart about it. I don't know. Don't get caught. Yeah, that's the that's the moral of the story. Whatever you do, just don't get caught. Yeah. Then and that also throwback goes back to another safety brief. If you are going to do stuff that's probably untoward, don't take pictures and don't do videos of it because that shit can haunt you. Ooh, you're not wrong. If you know, you know. All right. This has been fun. We'll see you later. Thanks for joining in. Peace. All right. Later, bro.